as He forgave them. You meant it for evil. But on the other side of it now, years later, Joseph understood God meant this for good. I wasn't being punished. I was being positioned to fulfill the dream. God had to make it a a way for Joseph to get out of his father's house. Joseph's father wasn't going to let him go to Egypt willingly. And Joseph was not going to go willingly. Why would you leave that deal? (laughs) Sometimes we're just comfortable where we're at. And there's no way we're going to leave where we're at unless God uses something to move us. God was not positioning Joseph, or not punishing him rather, He was positioning him to fulfill the dream. In that moment, Joseph didn't understand that, but later he would. So again, I just encourage you, you may have been betrayed, you may have been hurt, you may have been left for dead, but that does not stop God. He just may be positioning you in a better place to actually do what he's told you you're going to do. And after being sold as a slave, Joseph worked his way up the chain of command in Potiphar's house. It's amazing to me, again, a key to God's dreams coming to pass is, is making sure we maintain an attitude of faith. An attitude that says, ultimately God's in control and I don't care what situation I'm in, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do this as unto the Lord. So in Potiphar's house, Joseph maintained an excellent attitude. And he worked hard. And everything he found his hand to do, he did it with all of his might. And he moved up the chain of command until he was over all of Potiphar's house. And Potiphar trusted him with everything in his house. And once again, Joseph had to eat the bitter pill of betrayal when Potiphar's wife began to seduce him and he began to push her away and say no I cannot do this before God I cannot do this because it's wrong in his sight but his righteousness was not rewarded instead he was thrown in prison he was doing what's right and he ends up being put In prison. Again, was God punishing Joseph? Was God saying, I was going to do it, but now Potiphar's wife got in the way. She's just messed up my whole plan. We think that way. But that's not how God thinks. God was once again positioning and preparing Joseph to fulfill the dream. This was God's will that Joseph had a jail ministry. But once again, Joseph, when he got put in this position, he could have sat around and sucked his thumb and said, I don't deserve to be here. I was doing what's right and God betrayed me. Bad enough Potiphar's wife betrayed me, but God let this happen to me. It's not fair. But Joseph trusted the Lord. And he said, I'm going to do the best I can in the position I'm in. And I'm going to continue to allow God to prepare me so that I'm ready when the time comes. Because we all need a good dose of humility now and then. For God to really use us, for Him to really trust us with true power, we have to be humble. We have to love people. We have to be doing it for the right reason. And the only way my character is going to get to that place and away from selfishness, which is my natural bend, is if He shapes my character. 
So I don't like being treated unfair. I don't like people misreading what I'm trying to do or getting me in trouble when I shouldn't be in trouble or talking bad about me when they really have nothing to talk bad about. There, there is some they could talk about that's true. But the point is, I don't like unfair treatment. But sometimes that's the only way God can get us to the point where we have enough compassion to actually do everything we can to minister to others. After Joseph is in jail for a while, God sends a couple men across his path who just so happened to have a dream. And by the grace of God, Joseph interprets their dreams. Because Joseph is a dreamer. But more than just being a daydreamer, he understands God's dreams. Again, that's very important. It's not my dream. It's God's dream. And if we really want to be used and we want to have a place in the kingdom of God where we minister to others and we have some kind of authority, we can't just be preoccupied with seeing that my dream gets accomplished. We have to be interested in other people's dreams too. Because it's not just my dream, it's my brother's dream, it's my sister's dream, it's your dream that's important. And so Joseph is willing to minister on behalf of their dreams. And they leave and they forget about Joseph. One of them, it didn't matter because he didn't live very long after that. He literally lost his head. The other individual forgot about Joseph. Again, Joseph had to have some questions. Lord, are you there? I thought I was finally going to get out of here. I talked to this gentleman about telling Pharaoh, and I don't know what's going on, but every day becomes a day longer that he either forgot or Pharaoh just doesn't care. But again, do you think this was an accident? No. If Joseph would have got out of jail, he probably would have made his first trip home. I'm tired of Egypt. I've got nothing but trouble since I got here. I'm getting on the first caravan back home. And I hope to never be in Egypt again. Because all I have is negative in Egypt. <laughs> all I have is bad memories in Egypt. I've given all that I have, and instead of getting anything in return, I keep getting mistreated. So I believe God had to keep Joseph in jail so he wouldn't leave. Joseph would have got out of position. And sometimes you might feel like God is pushing you into a corner and you have nowhere to go. Why can't I just escape this situation? Why does it feel like I can't get out of here? I wish I could run right now. But you have no option to do so because either you don't have the money or your spouse says, sorry, I'm not moving to Antarctica. We're staying here. Because you want to get as far away from people as you can. I can just have an island all to myself and just relax. But God has you pigeonholed <laughs> because He's keeping you in position for the promotion of your dream. Joseph didn't like staying in jail any longer than he had to. But God had to keep him there. So again, we could think, oh, it's just human error. Whatever it was, the butler or who was it that forgot? Somebody help me. 
The baker. The baker forgot about him. The butler lost his head, I think. The butler forgot about him. Well, if people would just remember me and quit, if they would just acknowledge my life and my dream, I wouldn't be stuck here. And we blame people instead of trusting God. Trusting God. So when the time came, finally after all these years, and maybe this you know isn't that bad to you, that's okay, but I wouldn't trade places with Joseph. I wouldn't want to be... I wouldn't want to go through that process. But that process prepared Joseph to fulfill the dream. And not only did it prepare Joseph, but Joseph had to be on hold sometimes because God was moving other pieces around. God was moving literally heaven and earth. It was a chess game for God. He was preparing Pharaoh's heart. He was preparing an entire famine in global catastrophes, if you will. To make the environment perfect for Joseph to come forward. You think Pharaoh would have just handed over the authority of the entire nation of Egypt, the most powerful nation in the world, in a normal circumstance? This is like someone in jail and the President of the United States calls them out of jail into the White House, into the Oval Office and says, we've got a problem and you have the answer. So from this day forward, you have all my authority. Do whatever you want. Everybody else is going to listen to you. Now it's... It's kind of like that. I say that because that's in our country. That's what we understand. But he had more authority because there was no House of Representatives. There was no other government checks and balances. There was no judiciary branch. There was nothing to tell him no. Joseph didn't have to go to the House of Representatives and give a speech and say, can we please proceed? He just said, do it. And they said, yes, sir. So God positioned Joseph. There was a crisis of a famine. And Pharaoh had a dream. And then all of a sudden, the baker says, again, not by chance. Oh yeah, now I remember. There was this guy in prison. I don't know if he's still there. But he told me my dream. And not only my dream, but he told the butler and Guess what, Pharaoh? You did exactly what he said, including killing the butler. And Pharaoh's interest is pretty high at this point because no one else can help him. So he calls Joseph to help him interpret his dream. And the short of it is, at the end, he said, there's no one more wise than you, more intelligent than you. I give you all of my authority. Do as you see fit. For Egypt. You make the decisions. You rule. And when his brothers one day came for food because they had none, guess what they did? They bowed before Joseph. And the dream came to pass. The dream was fulfilled. After all these years, And after all these circumstances and all these situations, God fulfilled the dream. So today, again, I know it takes some courage and it takes some boldness for us to to speak up and mention a dream that we have because there's circumstances that have occurred probably even before the from the point you received it till now where you're just thinking, well, maybe I just ate too much Domino's pizza that night and it wasn't really God talking to me. It was pepperoni pizza. And I had these visions and I ate the wrong kind of mushrooms or something. 
I don't know. But the disappointments of life have a way of causing us to question our dream. But if we're dreaming something, and we see in the Word of God it's God's will, dream on. Keep dreaming it. Don't let the things of this life tell you it's not going to happen, or it's impossible, or all those little lies the, the enemy tries to convince us, because if he knows he can get us to quit... That's the only thing that will stop God from bringing those things to pass in our life. So today we need to dream on. One of the things we heard specifically this week, I'll open with this and then again, it doesn't have to be something elaborate, just something maybe you have a vision for, a ministry in your personal life, in this church, something you want to see happen. Before we came to this location, we had a dream of having a bigger kitchen. We had a dream of having a playground. Those were our two biggest qualifications for a place because where we were before, there was no kitchen, a closet, and a sink. And if you can imagine the operation we have going on now in a closet... Thank God we got out of the closet. Sorry, I just could not pass that up. Could not pass it up. It was like hanging fruit, low-hanging fruit right in front of me. But where we are now, we have those things we dreamed about and more. God exceeded our dreams with this place. We were, those were the two main things. And we got so much more. We got a pretty much brand new playground. We got two kitchens, not just one. Two kitchens. And both of them were a lot bigger than the one we had before. And the fellowship hall is much better. Before we had 500 square feet was Sunday school room and fellowship hall. 500 square feet. We had, we averaged about 40 to 45 people for six months before we came here. Can you imagine 500 square feet with 45 people trying to eat? It was a small space. All of us getting on the platform and trying to eat. Not only that, but sometimes there was 20 plus kids. And I'm not exaggerating. There was days we had more than 20 Sunday school children in that small space. And they can't go outside because it was right between Farmington and TV highway. So we couldn't let him play outside. The point is, we, we had a dream for somewhere else. And we prayed about that dream. And God exceeded our dream. He exceeded our dream. And I don't know how God's going to do it. I don't know what He's going to do. And I feel like it's probably going to be a transition place. It's not going to be our final station. But God will reveal that with time. But the minister who came said he felt very strongly, and I trust his hearing of the voice of God, that we're going to have our own place. And again, we don't know the timeline. We don't know if that's going to happen tomorrow or five years, ten years. Who knows? I think it's going to be a lot less than that because he said it's going to happen soon. And God, his definition of soon may be different than ours but the point is I believe God's going to provide that and we may rent it we may lease it someone may give it to us I don't know and I don't care because I didn't go into worry mode how's this going to happen how's it how am I gonna... nope God said it God's going to do it I just have to be obedient to Him and walk through the doors that He opens. So I believe, beyond shadow of a doubt, I'm fully persuaded that we will have our own place. That we call our own. Whether we own it or we're renting it or leasing it, we're going to have somewhere that's going to work out well for us in our next step. And I've told you a far-off dream 
of a large location, but we don't need that yet. And God can do anything. I'm not limiting God. I'm just saying practically it doesn't, doesn't seem like we would need a place as big as orchards right now. So God can do it if he wants, and I will not complain. But he's probably going to give us somewhere that's going to be more like this size, but ours. Where we have plenty of space in the sanctuary and we have other areas. And there's already a place I uh, ran across last night that I got a call in on. There would be two spaces and it would potentially be great. And just pray that their price quote was not a misprint. Because I'm going to be upset they misprinted it because it's a very good deal but God knows what he is doing and I numbers don't I only look at the numbers to find out what kind of miracle God has to do so I can give him the glory later I don't look at numbers to say that's impossible I look at numbers to say God here's the miracle you'd have to do if we're going to be there Because God is able. God is able. And so, he said, if you want to share something today, it doesn't have to be long. It can be very quick. It can be just the name, like food pantry. Or it could be, we're going to feed 2.7 million people. I'm just kidding, but every week. Some dreams. Yes, Sister Joan. Okay, this is going back quite a ways, but when I was in my old church, um, maybe 10 years ago, I had a dream that we were meeting in a much larger place um, and that there was a huge bus ministry at that place. Well, that didn't happen where I was, but God knew where I was going to be someday. And I believe that that is this dream. That's perfect. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Amen? We have one van in the parking lot right now. Have you ever seen the white beast out there? That's the first bus. We'll get it operational, and maybe Sister Bonnie will drive it, because she's a bus driver. Amen. Anybody else want to share something? That's perfect. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, Rob. Oh, gosh. I'm really nervous. <clears throat> well, um... Back in 2010, I was going through a really rough time. I was experiencing some really heavy depression and whatnot. And I told God one day that I needed, I needed a change. So I decided to um, go on a fast. And uh, I didn't want to fast food because I was a little bit overweight, and I knew that I would be happy for the weight loss, you know, through fasting food. So I thought, what can I give up? So I decided, okay, God, I'll give up my favorite drink, Dr. Pepper, for a whole month, 30 days. And the other sacrifice I would make is I love sleep. I love to sleep in. I, um, but I woke up around 5 o'clock in the morning to go on, like, a prayer jog um, or prayer walk. Well, on my second day of doing that, or rather that night, um, I actually had a dream. And in my dream, there was, like, a, like those old, like, Jewish scrolls. Like, there was a, a scroll just flung out in the air. And on the scroll were, were um, words written in gold. And as I read the words, I heard a voice speak them. And this is it. <clears throat> it was, my friend, if you question, oh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> if you ask reasons why... Cry out to God. He has your answer. I promise he'll reply. Look all around you. Behold, creature, both great and small. They do testify of his majesty, the mighty God, Jesus. He is creator of them all. The mountains tremble. The depths do quake. All of heaven delights when a soul once dead awakes. And then, at awakes, I woke up. And I was astonished because outside of receiving the Holy Spirit when I was 21, I never had anything super, supernatural happen to me. 
at that point that I can think of. And um, so at the time, I, mean, I jumped up and I ran to the computer and I wrote it all down on Facebook in a note. <laughs> and then I went back to bed. And when I woke up, I could not remember. I could not remember the dream I had. But I knew the first line said, my friend, if you question. So I ran back to the computer when I woke up and I read it. And I was just amazed. Well, at that time, I was in church, and, you know, I was struggling with depression, but, you know, I was, you know, I was still hanging in there. But, and I thought the time that God had given me that to share with others, and I still believe that, but I found out that God was looking at my future, and he was throwing me a lifeline, because three years later, 2013, I needed it desperately. I um, left the church in 2013, took my kids out. I was very hurt, and I was literally contemplating atheism. And, uh, but no matter how far I went in the world, no matter what I did, you know, I couldn't escape those words. It's like those words haunted me. And, um, so, if anyone questions, just, you know, go to God. He'll give you the answer. So. Awesome. Amen. Amen. And he definitely brought you to a good place for that, Robin. We have a lot of people in Portland with a lot of questions. A lot of atheists who aren't really atheists, but they're just confused. Anybody else? This is great. Again, like I said, share a dream you have. Be anything. Yes, it's funny. I have two dreams. Uh, to be a praise and worship leader and to also to be able to touch people and they feel the presence of God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We're already helping with both those things. She said to be a praise and worship leader and to touch people and they feel the presence of God. So... Amen. I had two dreams last night. We need to have an outreach. Reach the lost. Amen. And I have a soup kitchen Amen. for people awesome. that are hungry. Amen. Awesome. Right. Good one, Byron. Amen. Here we go. Okay. Mine, is, mine is to exceed in spiritual growth. Because when I came in here, I was a newborn baby. And as a non-believer, I was about the atheist person I could ever consider on this earth. And now I feel sickened that I felt that way. Thanks. Amen. Anybody else? Well, Terry, you're definitely growing, so your dream is happening. Amen. You are growing. I've had a couple, I've had a lot of dreams, but two of the ones that stick out to me the most is um, when I first, when we first moved to Forest Grove, probably about uh, nine years ago, maybe, we, we were renting, and Julie and I were walking through the, the Lincoln Park, and I just felt like this city needed a church, and God dealt with me about starting the church. Um, he's still dealing with me about believing, me believing that. So, But uh, the second dream is uh, when we first married, about maybe a year or two after we married, um, I had a dream that I, was, uh, that I would get my pilot's license so that I could minister in the villages of Alaska. So I actually had a dream and I don't actually remember my dreams very often and um, this one is actually about my wife I am <laughs> I actually t I told her I told her the dream actually um, that uh, we were 
obviously we're part of the UPCI, and uh, we were both full-time ministry. We had our own church, and uh, <laughs> Pastor Graves actually called Dallas, and he wanted to meet with us. And he said, you know, my, you know, your wife has a servant's heart, and I don't understand how you're able to feed people every single Sunday. You guys do it willingly every Sunday. I want you to bring that to the UPCI. So she became the food coordinator <laughs> over the UPCI. <laughs> UPCI special events, you know, coordinator. So I, I and I'm actually believing that, you know, because people are very like surprised every time we go to different churches. You guys do this every Sunday? Yes, every Sunday. <laughs> but uh, for myself, I actually have a dream to be full-time ministry with an emphasis on men's ministry. Amen. That's my heart. That wasn't too bad, Norma. You were nervous. Anybody else? If you have a dream about somebody else, just be careful. Yes. Well, my my dream is I, I pray a lot for my family. And I dream about them being saved and stuff, those that aren't. But Friday night... The minister came to me, and he had another thing to say to me. And he told me, he says, you pray for your family all the time, don't you? And I said, yes. He says, they're going to come. He said, you just keep praying, because you're going to win their souls. Amen. Amen. Yes. So um, I'm going to say two dreams that I've had. I know when I was going through a really hard time, I couldn't decide what I wanted to do with my first marriage, and um, I was in despair, and then I had a dream, and I, I heard the Lord tell me, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will always be with you. So we traveled from Texas to Oregon, and God had everything in place for us, Some, just a miracle, and I thank him. And where I worked, I have this one... I have several friends, and there's this one lady, his, um, her name is Doobie, and I've ministered to her um, throughout the years, and one time had this dream about her. She's very rough on the edges, very rough. A lot of people in Cornelius know her because she does uh, uh, the taxes for the, uh, the Hispanic uh, community, and uh, I, I dreamed that um, she was in church. I said, Really, Lord? You know, she's uh, Catholic, and uh, she's very rough on the edges, you know. But who are we to judge, right? Who are we to say? And this lady, uh, she can talk. You think I can talk? She, this lady can talk to anybody and everybody. Can you imagine in the, his, in the Hispanic uh, community how God can, you know, I felt like God can use her. Uh, and um, not recently, recently she lost her daughter, and... Um, and, um, you know, sometimes we think, why is God doing this to me? But I feel like God is drawing her, you know. And, and we built a relationship throughout the years. And she came to my retirement, and she wrote in one of her cards that, that uh, she was so thankful that I was in her life, that I was some, like, what they call an angel. I said, wow, you know. But uh, I'm just so thankful that God has put her. I you know I haven't. I didn't dream for me. I didn't dream, but I dreamed for the Hispanic community. You know, because to me, my first language is Spanish, and when we, when I hear Spanish, I'm not I, I love English. Don't get me wrong, but there's something about Spanish. You know, because it's your first language, and um, and I've had I've gone to Pentecostal Spanish, and and I see Brother Miranda's church and. And then the Spanish people, they when they get into it, they really, you think one hour, two hours is, is long? Not for the Hispanics. They can go on and on and on because there's something in the Hispanic 
community or the Spanish people that they adore God. You know, I don't say that we don't, but I don't know, there's something more into the Spanish that I feel so much connection, you know, in it. So I've dreamed in the past that are not in this church, but in the church before that the, there was a lot of Spanish people coming and I'm hoping, praying that that will that will happen in us. I wish that my son-in-law would learn Spanish really fast. <laughs> and um, because it means a lot to people when you, when you know Spanish and they, you connect. So and I know when we went to Bethel and I saw somebody uh, that was Spanish and I and that one person, you you feel a connection, you know. So I don't know if you understand me, but it, that's the way we Hispanics are. We 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 like to connect and just adore God and praise Him. And and of course, if, thank God for Norma that she feeds us. And people do ask, really, every Sunday? Uh, yes, <laughs> because I feel like my son-in-law also loves, he loves people. I just see this love in him. Like he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, and not because he's mine, but, but because I see that he doesn't care where you come from. He just adores you. <laughs> and, and I just thank God. Amen. Well, I definitely think we'll have Spanish ministry in this church in the future as God provides. Amen. Anybody else? Yes. I'm a little shy. Sorry. I'm a little shy when I talk on the microphone. Okay. So, sorry. Um, well, my um, everything that um, we have said today has you know been awesome it's it's an awesome dream you know because um i just want to encourage all of you guys because i guess let me start this way all of y'all encourage all of y'all because um like pastor said you know we all have been through different things in our lives and how can we minister to somebody that we've never been you know through that issue and so God wants to use everybody. He wants to, us to step up and, and be used of him for his people. Because um, I look around and we don't look like every other church. We're different colors, different races, different languages. And, you know, we all can connect and love each other and, you know, put up with each other. Because I know sometimes we get crazy and sassy, and, but we're still here. You know, to God be the glory, we're still here. And he's growing us. And, you know, only by his His strength can we do this and his love. Um, I know that, I know for, you know, like, I'm surrounded by food, you know. But it's, it's something that comes very easily and naturally. I always say, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh, for how long have you been doing it? But to be honest with you, you know, back before I was saved, before I served God, I served the devil. I cooked and cooked for people, and we had barbecues and parties. And my, my, my thing is, if I did that for him, and he, you know, the devil, all he wanted to do was kill me, kill my family, why can't I do that and more for God that has saved me and will save my family? I know he's going to save them. They're not where I want them to be, but it's not about me. It's about God and his timing. So why can I do that and more? Go above and beyond for God because he does that for us. And for me, the ministry, yes, for food, but for me, I, I, I would love to see prayer be a focus. You know, prayer, because a lot of times we don't know how to pray. We don't know what direction, you know, we say these little like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Have a nice day. You know, you rock. But it's like, it's more than that. If if we can harness the power and we can see people saved and, and see how, how in the spiritual realm things shift and move when you pray and you really are walking with the Lord and you are filled with the Holy Spirit. No devil in hell will take your family. No devil in hell can have your people. You know, I mean, really, we... God is in us. We just have to realize that and walk by faith and walk with that boldness because, you know, I mean, there's nothing more that the devil wants to smack us around and be like, put us down. And, and then, you know, our mind starts playing with our, you know, our thoughts. And it's like, oh, man, I can't do this, you know. But you can because he says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Just talk back to him with, with the word like Jesus did. So that's my Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
Not shy. We had to just drag it out of her. Just drag it out of her. Anybody else? Okay, we'll get two over here. Um, so back in 2016 at my old church, God gave me a dream to be a missionary to Africa. And I love Africa. And I didn't ever think it was going to happen. And then I turned 21 and God opened the doors to me for me to be able to go on a mission trip to Africa. And I did. And after I came back, I still was like, okay, I still don't see how it's going to be possible with my family, with just all the stuff that I've done and things like that. And I kind of just let it go. We went to revival services couple months ago and the preacher started talking about it and he came and prayed for me and told me that that dream's not dead and that God's going to still fulfill it so I'm waiting to see when it's going to happen but that's my dream awesome amen amen that's awesome I was kind of glad to hear um, Dallas um, say today about what the pastor um, had told him the other day Um, I probably had this dream probably 10 times and I called Dallas over to my house. It's maybe been a year. And I said, Dallas, I said, the Lord really wants me to tell you this. I said, you're going to be a pastor of a very large church. The Lord told me your church is going to grow tenfold. It's going to be huge. And you're going to be the pastor of it. He also told me that you're going to have at least three men standing beside you. They attend your church now. So you men... This could be you. He has great supporters now, but that's what I was told. Um, He also told me that I have a great gift of, this was very hard for me to tell him, um, I have a gift of being able to reach out and put my hands on people and feel them and know the things that they need. So to me, I wanted to become a nurse, but also this was something that was going to help in the end. So I have something that helps me be able to see things in the end. Some things not so bright, some things not so great, but it gives me the ability to be able to change things and to be able to do things for God. And he wants me to use this gift to be able to help people and to be able to reach out to people and to be able to do things for him to be able to save as many as I can for God, to be able to reach out for them and to be able to give them what they need and able to save their souls for him. And so he does that, I guess, through the dreams and through telling me, and I'm very thankful for that. Amen. And if anybody thinks that's not possible, we just saw it happen this week. So, and as we said, God wants to give his gifts to the church too. Not just people who travel and preach, but he wants us to have those gifts. That's awesome, isn't it? Amen. Anybody else? More dreams, Byron? All right. Let's share another one. I like Byron. He has lots of dreams. I have a dream last night as well. We're going to buy a building. A bigger one. Like this. With two kitchens and a playground. With parking as well. Amen. (laughs) Amen. That's good. Parking is important. Amen. I don't want to have to pay for parking. That would not be fun. Anybody else? Yes, Jasmine. Don't scratch your head. I might think that you're... (laughs) Uh, Ever since I was a little girl, I just had this dream of being a pop star and being, like, um, famous, you know, all that. Just the cliche of just being this big, huge singer. And it just seemed so realistic to me, and I just... I had so much confidence, but... As, and also pride, but as I grew older, I started to, I just felt a shift. I didn't want to be big, I didn't want to be famous, I didn't want any of that, and I was, I was kind of surprised, I was like, wow, Jasmine, that's crazy, like, you don't want to be big? Like, who doesn't? But I just feel a tug that I, 
that I need to serve the Lord. If it's within music, then great. It's just I'm my mind is changing, and it's not like if God uses me in music, then that's amazing. If He doesn't, then that's that's okay. And singing is my passion, and it's just it's just just it's just crazy to think about that. You know, I'm not leaving music behind, but it's not my main focus. And I appreciate Pastor Dallas really helping me and helping me grow as a singer. And really, I'm just thankful. I just wanted to thank you for that. <laughs> Amen. It's awesome. And sometimes that's just a real quick point, but sometimes God gives us abilities and we get dreams to use them for ourselves, and then as we submit to him he just he doesn't take the dream away he just changes it to where the focus isn't what I benefit from like I always wanted to be a professional athlete I always wanted to be a coach and I'm a coach but I'm a coach of a church not a sports team so you see that I mean that that was my greatest passion desire and then God just shifted it so, when we submit those gifts, then he shapes our dreams. So, that's, that's awesome. Anybody else? Thank you for having the courage to share. And uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll take more opportunities in the future to share dreams. Because it's important that we keep our dreams in front of us. And it's important that we have a culture as a church where we can appreciate each other's dreams. And, you know, some of this could happen, obviously, as our church grows. And it's harder and harder to do stuff like this corporately, but that's what small groups are for. And we need to constantly celebrate each other's dreams and encourage each other in each other's dreams. We're not going to be like Joseph's brothers who are jealous, who are upset about it, but we're going to dream with you. If our heart's right. Amen. We can stand. We're just going to close with a quick prayer today. I know we took a little bit more time to do this. And we're going to close and just ask the Lord to, to help us hold on to our dreams that are from Him. And if they need adjusting, He can adjust them. But don't stop. We should have hope and optimism about the future. We should know that God's going to do something greater in our lives. Even if we don't understand it, we know that if we just keep submitted to Him, He's going to do things in our lives that are going to be awesome. And, uh, of course, the famous I Have a Dream was who? Martin Luther King, right? Have a dream. And there was a Christian comedian who said he had a couple that he knew. The lady was uh, African American and the husband was Korean. And they had a baby. They named it Martin Luther Kim. I just wanted to leave that with you today. It's important. <laughs> in somebody's book. It's important in my book. Maybe not yours. It's okay to have a good time at church, you know. We don't kick people out for laughing around here. And uh, Charles Spurgeon used to get in trouble for laughing. Great preacher. They used to make fun of him for laughing in the pulpit. It's okay. It's okay. God wants us to have all emotions together as a church. Amen. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for hearing the dreams of our Brothers and sisters today, we're thankful that you've brought us all together through many different walks of life. And of course, some of us will, in the future, you may move, you've moved pieces in, you move pieces out. You'll, you'll take some of us to other parts of the world to bless the world as you've done already with some of the members of our congregation over the last five years. And we're thankful to have, have had the time we had together. And I know that's true, even with some of these dreams we've heard today, where you're going to use those here to preach the gospel in different parts of the world and to do amazing things beyond. And 
and we're just excited about uh, the future of this particular uh, church and local church body. Again, that you're going to do amazing things, things that we, we don't even understand right now. We don't fully comprehend. But the whole point of today is we're not going to believe the lies of the enemy. We're not going to accept the lie that says you're done with us. You're done with this world. This church will never grow. People don't want to hear the gospel. We're not going to believe those lies. But instead, we're going to wake up each day and say, Lord, how are you going to fulfill the dream in my life today? How are you going to use me for your glory? I'm looking forward to today because I know you're going to use me to minister to somebody today. To help them get closer to you. To help them be delivered from whatever is destroying their life. And we're believing you for the results. That you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And of our dreams, God. We're not talking about dreaming whatever we want today. But we want our dreams to align with your dreams. And our desires to be your desires. And we know that when we are in that, you will bring those things to pass. So in conclusion, we just thank you today for everyone who had the courage to share. For those who didn't feel comfortable sharing, I just pray you continue to increase their faith in the dreams you've given them so they can be confident that you're going to bring it to pass, Lord. And those of us who may not quite understand our direction in you, that in the next several months or whatever your timeline suggests, we'll understand better about how we fit into your scheme of things, how we fit into the body, because you have a purpose for every single one of us, no matter where, where we've been, no matter what we've done, no matter how many mistakes we've made or what's been done to us by others. You have a purpose and a plan that will continue on in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So today, let's go excited about the future. And uh, as we talked about a lot, there's food. We talk about food a lot.